Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. It's impossible for you to do. Today as your people come before you, we pray. Speak to us in a way that will understand. Reach out into our lives and establish us. Exalt us and bless us. Let lives be turned around. Let destinies be established and advanced. In the name of Jesus, make us more like Jesus as your word comes through to us. Holy Spirit, open our eyes that we will behold wondrous things in your law. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of God. I thought you were clapping for Jesus. Well, it's a blessing to be with you this morning. Uh, I believe God has a special word for you. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God has a special word for me. Own it, own it. Say, God has a special word for me. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 2. We want to just get into the word of God straight up. Straight into the word of God and I believe that God will speak to us. Amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says that if there be therefore any consolation in Christ. If any comfort of love. If any fellowship of the spirit. If any bowels and mercies. Verse 2. Fulfill ye my joy. He says, make me happy. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. He says, if there's anything that will minister to me, make me happy. 
having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Amen. So immediately you can see what Paul is trying to say that make me happy by being of the same love and of one accord means be together and let one mindset operate in you. Amen. You know, the Bible, when you read it, it means just what it is saying. Amen. When you read what the English is saying is what the Bible is saying. It's not, there's no trick. All right. Uh -huh. There's no, so we need the prophetic meaning. No, 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 no. Before you go to the prophetic, just understand the, the English or the Zulu. Because that's what the Bible is saying. Okay. He says, if there's anything that will console me, make me happy, fulfill my joy by having the same mind, having the same love. And being together. Amen. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife and vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each one esteem the other better than themselves. So he's beginning to talk about how our minds should work. He says, nobody should do anything to become famous. To become great. To, to take glory unto himself, but with humility, even in our mind, because humility starts from the mind. Humility has nothing to do with your height. It starts from the mind. Okay, so with lowliness of mind, let us esteem one another higher than ourselves, which is to say, let us prefer each other better to ourselves. Let us regard each other better than yourself. Humility is... Coming down and lifting somebody else up. That's humility. Because as soon as you place yourself below, there's a way you behave. Amen. Verse 4 is a piece of scripture we are coming to. Let not every man on his own things, or look not, sorry, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. It says, don't concentrate on yourself too much, but concentrate on others. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also, which means in addition, on the things of others. Let your mind also be on other people. Amen. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you. By now, you should, you, should, you should agree that this scripture is talking about a mindset. Because he keeps repeating the mind, loneliness of mind, being one in mind. He's repeating it again and again. Today, I've come to talk to your mind. I said, today, I've come to talk to your mind. So he says, let this mind be in you. Which, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So he talks about the way Jesus' mind worked. We'll come to, to it. But he said that, have the type of mind that Jesus had. Amen. Have the type of mind that Jesus had. Christianity is about becoming like Jesus. I said Christianity is what? It's about becoming like Jesus. God wants all of us to become like Jesus. Let me show you a few scriptures before we come to the mind of Jesus. Galatians 4.19, Paul says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again 
until you become rich, until you get married, until you get a miracle. It says, until Christ be formed in you. It says, all the work, all travail means to work. Travailler in French is what? Work. Yeah. Justine. Ça va? Yeah. Travailler in French is to work. Is it so? All this travail, all this hustle, all this work, all this prayer, all this preaching is to get Christ to be formed in you. Philippians 4, 11 says, And he gave some apostles and some pastors, some prophets, some evangelists and so on, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, to the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 30 says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness. God is trying to get us to look like Jesus. God is trying to get us to look like his son. Amen. And and I mean, let's be serious. Let's think about it. If Jesus is the, the begotten son of God and we are being adopted, do you get, we are being ad, ad, adopted to become children of God, then we must look like God's, God's child. At least to an extent, my children look like me. Amen. My children look, I I am my father's son. Because I look like my father. My children look like me. Whether physically, even in mannerisms. Do you get it? Recently, no, I think last year, end of last year, um, I was talking to my big sister. And then I said something. So he asked to talk to one of my sons. So when she asked to talk to one of when she talked to my son, my son said something, then she said, Get away, your big head. You think like your father. Get away from there. <laughs> That's what she, she, she said to her, her nephew. She said, You think, get your, she said, your, What did she say? Yeah, get away. You are just like your father. Yeah, you just take your big head away. You are just like your father. Do, do you get it? Uh-huh. So, if we are God's children, we must look like God's son. So God is trying to make us like Jesus. So Paul said, let the type of mind that was in Jesus' head be in your head. It means be thinking like Jesus, be acting like Jesus, become like Jesus. So every single time we come into the presence of God, every single time we make contact with the word of God, God is trying to make us more like Jesus. Yeah. Hebrews says that looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, the author and finisher of our faith. You see, it means the example we are looking at is Jesus. Amen. Your eyes should be on Jesus. That this is the example. This is what I want to become. I'm not trying to become like my mother. I'm not trying to become like my grandmother. I'm not trying to become like my friend. I'm not trying to become like my pastor. I'm trying to become like Jesus. Amen. I'm trying to become like Jesus. If my pastor is a good example of Jesus, great. It's a good example to copy because the more I become like him, the more I become like Jesus. But otherwise, my target is to become like Jesus. 
your target is to be like Jesus. Amen. It says, looking unto Jesus. The example is Jesus. Amen. And Paul says, let your mind work like Jesus. Let this mind be in you back to Philippians. Let this mind be as was in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, for us, what was the mind that was in Christ Jesus? Verse 6. The mind that was in Jesus. 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation. Already you can see, he made himself. He was not of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. Humility is a choice. Hallelujah. Humility is a choice. Humility is a choice. You have to choose. If you're a wife, you have to choose to submit yourself to your husband. is very quiet. You have to choose it. It won't happen by magic. You have, I, want, I want my husband to come and be breaking things in the house. Then I can feel the power. Then when he comes, you see that no, no, no. You have to humble yourself. You have to choose to humble yourself before something else humbles you. And took upon himself the form of a servant. You know why we say he should be, you are complaining. He took off himself the form of a servant. <laughs> I mean, wife is a high position. Yeah, as compared to a servant. But Jesus, who is higher than you, he humbled himself to become a servant. And was found or was made in the likeness of men. I don't even want to go into that. In the likeness, as God be made a man. It's a whole book. Verse 8. Being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. So, if he becoming a man was not enough, he humbled himself further. And became obedient. All these things are choice. To be obedient is a choice. You choose it. Amen. So when you are disobedient or you are recalcitrant, you have chosen to be so. So, you see, that's, that's, that's how I was brought up. No, nobody brings you up to become disobedient. You have chosen to be disobedient. Amen. And became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. So when God saw this verse, he said, wherefore God has also exalted him, highly exalted him. And giving him a name that is above every name. That the mention of the name Jesus. Every knee should bow and every of things in heaven. Of things on earth. Things under the earth. And every time should confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the father. He says this is how Jesus' mind was working. He humbled himself. To become a servant. May humility be your hallmark. I said, may humility be your hallmark. Yes. Hallelujah. Now, the other thing that was on Jesus' mind, which is in verse 4, was to look on the things of others. To look out for other people. To look out, apart from humbling, all this thing of humbling himself, becoming a servant, becoming a man, was to reach out to other people, which is you and I. You and I. The mind of Jesus was to, on other people. 
And today, I've come to draw our attention in our bid to become more like Jesus. We should keep our minds on other people. Amen. Amen. Keep your mind on other people. Hallelujah. So we want to look at seven things Jesus did for others to help us so that we can mimic these seven things. Tell tell yourself, mimic these seven things. To mimic means to copy. Even the way the word sounds, mimic, Uh to copy. Amen. So we can copy these seven things so that they become part of our, it's in our bait to become more like Jesus. Hallelujah. Number one, Jesus taught about others. He taught about others. Jesus taught about others. It wasn't enough for him to be sitting in heaven in glory. He taught about you and I. He taught about us. There's a song like that. Crucified, laid behind a stone. He lived to die. Rejected and alone Like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And then what? He thought of who? Above He took the fall Thinking of you and I You and I You and I He took the fall Thinking of You were on his mind I was on his mind. The question is, who's on your mind? Many a time, we are the only people on our minds. Christians, I'm not talking about demons. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about Christians. We are the only people on our minds. But Jesus took the fall. He thought of you. He thought of me. He thought of a poor boy in Peter Marysburg called Daniel Harley. He thought of a poor girl in Peter Marysburg called Norma Sushi. <laughs> he thought about you. You were on his mind. You will never care about other people until you think about them. The reason why we don't care about them is because we don't think about them. We don't think about the blind people on our streets. We don't think about the hungry people around us. We don't think about anybody. We, we just think about you are the main you, you are so preoccupied about your makeup. You are more preoccupied about your makeup than the salvation of your friends in school. How much makeup you have to put in one day. It's even even more more on your mind than your sister who is going to hell. If you don't think about it, you will never do anything about it. Hallelujah. The church is too quiet. Why? Is that how you have been brought up nowadays? (laughs) Or my messages are not... They are not nice in your direction. Okay, okay, no problem. Jody, you are not the only person in your movie. I know you are the main character in your movie. I and mean, if you were to write a book, you would be the superstar of the book. Obviously, we know. But at least think of other people. Jesus thought about you. He came from heaven to earth because of you. He took the fall on the cross because of you and I. It's time to also think about somebody else. You are sitting in church on a Sunday morning nicely like this because somebody thought about you. Somebody thought about you that. Let me send a pastor to these people. Let me send a missionary to these people. Let me send a church to these people. Let me send somebody. Let me send a pastor. 
to these people. Or else they would die and perish and go to hell in their sins. Somebody thought about it. Somebody thought about it. Let me pay a price for these people here. You too. Think about other people. I mean, you have thought about yourself for so long. What has it added to you? I think Matthew 6, it says, take no thought of the morrow. For the morrow will take thought of itself. Do you get it? And he, he asks a question. How many by thinking have had anything to their lives that you've been through your, your much thinking? Do you know that the more you think about your issues, the more even stresses you? You see, like your issue doesn't change. If you have to pay rent at the end of the month, you can think about it for 14 days. It won't reduce the rent. It won't take the rent away. So, something that is determined. Why do you think about it so much? Hello? Amen? It's already determined. The rent is determined. So, your thinking doesn't reduce it. So, it says, how many people, by thinking have added even a tittle, a tittle. Do you know what a tittle is? Something little to your height. That you've thought, uh, 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 it doesn't change. It rather, what it does is that it adds to your stresses. It increases your stresses. It increases your stresses. And when you stress, then it begins to tell on you. We begin to see the stress. I mean, some of you have stressed so much. It's like a makeup on your face. Right now, as I'm standing, I can see the stresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The face can never be smooth. Because the muscles have flinged. Do you understand to flinch? It's like tightened up. From thinking. From thinking. Your landlord says your rent is late. And if you worry, he makes it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Think, look, when you start thinking about other people, even your problems lose their strength. Your issues lose their strength. Because you begin to realize that, look, your issue is small. Your issue is small. Your, your issue is just about an exam you are trying to pass. Somebody's issue is about getting into school. To even start writing exams, just to get into school, so that they can write an exam that they have to pass. That's their issue. You just exam, small exam, you are going to, you have stress. Huh? Instead of studying, you are stressing. Why, why stress when you can study? Why stress when you can pray? You see, sometimes we even stress to the point that the stress cripples us. It's called paralysis of analysis. In medicine, that's what it's called. Paralysis of analysis. So, you have analyzed so much, you are now paralyzed. Yeah, it's like, so, and then this, and then this, and then, so, your sickness is mental. It's not even the sickness. What is making you sick is a mental case. It's like from the stress and from the the, uh, serious unending analysis 
then it paralyzes you. Small business you are doing, you think uh, even the minister of finance doesn't, who's their minister, Pravin or Tito? Gondogwana. Okay, call him for me tomorrow. Enoch, tell Enoch I'd like to see him tomorrow. <laughs> About fuel prices and Ukraine. Yeah, yeah big. Oh, that's even the first increase because fuel prices have gone over $100 now. So we, we have not yet started to feel the over $100 now. We are going to feel it like next month. This one is just the one he was, whether Vlad had gone to um, Ukraine or not, he was going to increase this one. This is just from the budget. What we planned before. Then now, Vlad going to Ukraine, it will also have its effect. So we say 20, oh, we should prepare for 21. 2160. Wow, we should prepare for 23. Yeah. You are thinking too much. Instead of thinking, pray. Instead of thinking, work. Instead of thinking, act. I said, number one, instead of thinking, pray. Instead of thinking, work. Instead of thinking, act or act. Move and do something. But the reason why we are crippled is that we are just thinking about ourselves. It's time to think of the next person. You, when you start thinking, you will see, you will start relaxing. Number two, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus came to the world for others. John 10, 10, the Bible tells us that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came into this world for others. He didn't have to come. He came all the way from heaven. Because of others. Because of you and I. He came from heaven. He didn't have to come. I visited somebody in, 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 in a house in Durban. I think about two, three weeks ago, when I came back, she sent me a message. She said, Bishop, thank you so much for coming to visit me. What you came to discuss with me, you could have called. But you chose to drive all the way to my house and drive. And that, and that day, there was a problem on the entry. So a one-hour drive now became a one-and-a-half-hour's drive to the place. So you did, Jesus didn't have to come. Jesus is coming to earth for us doesn't increase his glory. I say it again. By Jesus coming from heaven to this earth, it doesn't make him more glorious. God is God already. Without us, he's God already. He's glorious already. He's pl- if you look at, if you see recently, I saw we have, God has billions of galaxies. Galaxies. Do you know what a galaxy is? With the planets and everything that make galaxy, and he has billions of them, and we are just one galaxy. He doesn't need us to be glorious. He's already glorious. In fact, the more you know God, the more you realize that He's glorious. Yeah, look at us. Look on the screen. That's that's not God, though. That's the sun. That no, don't don't no 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 don't get it wrong. The big thing there, that's not God. That's the sun. That's our sun. And then that's us, which you cannot see. Even the arrow pointing us is bigger than us. And we are saying that these things together, God has billions of them. 
If they are toys, he has billions of them. It's like a child who has so many toys, the one toy thinks that, oh, I am the all in all. Meanwhile, he has so many, that you, this toy you can get for one year, the child will not notice. So Jesus didn't have come. But he came. He came anyway. That's why we see you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debts you pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave. Oh. Put your hands together for Jesus. Jesus did not have to come, but he came anyway. Why did he come? He was thin of you. He was thin. He wanted to reach out to our people. He wanted God to have other children. He didn't want to be the only child. He wanted God to have other children. He wanted. If we are going to be like Jesus, this is how our minds must work. That Yes, today I'm born again. Today I'm in church. I am a child of God. But what can I do for somebody else to also become a child of God? For some of us, the back stops with us. It's like, once I'm born again, it's a nobody should be born again. Everybody else should go to hell. I'm born again, it's okay. I'm covered, I'm safe, I'm okay. But somebody else must come to know Jesus. Think about your neighbor. Think about your brother. Think about your sister. Think about your friend. Think about your mother. Think about your auntie. Think about your uncle. Think about all the people in your neighborhood. They must, your next door neighbor is wallowing and he's going to hell. Jesus was, we were not Jesus' next door neighbors. Do you know who Jesus' next door neighbor is? Bible says he seated at the right hand of God. That's Jesus' next door neighbor, God. But he came all the way from the billions of light years away to us here so that we can also become children of God. That's Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Number three. Today is a short, quick message. So, number three. Jesus loved others. Jesus loved others. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not, have, should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. Jesus loved others. He loved us. We are the others. I said we are who? The others. Jesus loved us. And other people. He loved the Chinese. He loved the Americans. He loved the Ukrainians. Even Vladimir Putin and the Russians. He loved them. He loved everybody. He loved the world. Jesus loved 7 billion plus people. You see, when we say the world has 7 billion people, it's not like the cumulative figure. It's not like the total number of people who have ever existed in the world. It's the number of people who are presently in the world. All the people who have died before today, they are not part of the seven billion. But Jesus loved all of them. He loved others. Today's Christian has loved just for themselves. Love for just themselves. Love for just themselves. I love just my family. Me, my wife, and my two children. Some people have love for just their family. 
So once you are in my family, I love you. Some people have love for just their tribe. Just their tribe. Amazulus. Just the Zulus. Today I'm bringing it home. Just the Zulus. To avoid speaking English, we just love only the Zulus. So that we don't have to speak English anytime, we just love only Zulus. Hmm? I hear Zulu men don't marry anybody else so that they don't have to speak another language, they just speak Zulu. It's Zulu. So, these my pastors, when they were choosing wives, they asked, do you speak Zulu? Say yes. Ah, oh, correct. 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 You are an Indian, but you speak Zulu. Great. You are Khaled, but you speak Zulu. Great. Yeah, Wozala. Once you understand Wozala, yes. We only love Zulus. You have room in your heart for process. No room in your heart for sotus. No room in your heart for foreigners. Meanwhile, we are all foreigners. We are just passing through this earth. We are all just passing through this earth at one time or another. Yeah, you don't have room in your heart for anybody. Meanwhile, Jesus loved the whole world. Meanwhile, you call yourself a Christian. You are named after Christ. Bible says the whole family on earth is named after Christ. But I have no, no, like, look, not any small space to love somebody else. It's just yourself. Meanwhile, God, if Jesus gave us an instruction, he says, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, everything. And you will love your neighbor like the way you love yourself. Jesus did not only say we should love our neighbor, but he gave us a measure by which we should love our neighbor. And we should love our neighbor just like the way we love ourselves. And you all know how much of yourself. You know how much you love yourself. Say, love your neighbor like that. Love your neighbor in the same way. That's Christianity, Raheem telling. That's Christianity. Love your neighbor like yourself. Some of you are sitting by people, just even tell them that today I will be blessed or something. You don't, you don't even have space to turn your head to even look at your neighbor. Even, even just to look at your neighbor is so much work. It's so difficult. Yeah. Before I started preaching, there was something I said. I said, tell your neighbor. I was watching all of you. You won't even tell... As though your neighbor is a tree. Your neighbor is a tree. You even turn your eye to look at your neighbor. Ah! It's all about you. For your glory and your fame. It's, 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 it's just you. You even to, to even look at your neighbor. You even look at your neighbor. It's very sad though. I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking to terrorists. I'm talking to Christians. You will not even turn your head and look at your neighbor. 
When I say, say something to your neighbor, you even turn and look and even give your neighbor a smile. Is your, are your teeth that bad? Even you are, you are wearing a mask so your neighbor cannot see. So turn to your neighbor and give your neighbor just smile so that your eyes will light up so that your neighbor will feel somebody cares about me. Zero. You won't even turn around. What a shame. Turn to your neighbor and say something nice to your neighbor before something bad happens to you. Then when you are finished, clap your hands for Jesus. Number four. Jesus served others. Jesus served others. Jesus is our example. He served other people. Matthew 20, 20, he says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The word minister, there is the word serve. Jesus served other people. And please, parallel them, serve me. Many of us want to be saved. But the key to greatness is serving other people. That's the key to greatness. Just if anybody will be the Lord, let him first be a servant. The key to greatness is serving other people. I'm the one preaching because I've been serving you for five years. This is the sixth year of serving you. I've been serving you for six years. Yeah. That's why you are all gathered here today to listen to me. Because I've been serving you. Serving you the word of God. Serving you in prayer. Everything. Makes you great. Makes people treat you with respect. Makes people treat you well. When you serve them. When you don't serve anybody, you become alone. Usually, it's very difficult to imagine how serving can make you great because when usually the great person is the one who served. Is that not so? Yeah, the great person is the one. They bring you coffee. Then they bring you sugar. Then they bring you uh, milk. Then they bring you biscuit. Then they say, yeah, actually, he's very powerful. Eh? When, when the bishop, very powerful. Oh, please. It comes by humbling yourself. That's why he told us in Philippians, lowliness, with lowliness of mind, humble yourself. When you humble yourself, serving people becomes easy. Serving people basically means looking to people's welfare. What will make them better? What will make them well? What, and I'm preaching this afternoon in mass group. I didn't have to come here. It's not like I won't go to church today. I'll go to church today. But because... On my schedule this morning, is I said, well, let me come here and come and be a blessing to somebody here. Come and speak to somebody. Maybe somebody's life will be changed by this message I'm here. I was preaching here on Thursday. I was preaching here on Friday. I'm here. I was here yesterday morning from the morning praying till lunchtime here in the same place. Today, even I woke up today with a headache. Yeah, with a headache. I said, I'll still be here. Come and say something to them. That's it. You to serve somebody. Serve others. Don't live your life to be served. It gets you nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't make you great. 
You see, when you establish yourself as somebody who needs to be served, it's just a matter of time. When the people get their freedom from you, they stop serving. Yeah. Yeah, they stop. When they, they serve you because of your position, not because of how you serve them. When they honor you because of your position. When you are no longer in that position, they stop honoring you. Yeah. But when you serve them, they begin to honor you because of your service. Because of your service. So when you are even no longer in that position, they still honor you. Because that's for your service, it goes with you. It goes with you. Your service, nobody can take it from you. It's you. There are things I do in people's lives that I'm the only one who does it in their lives. Let's say another pastor comes, that thing will become a void. Do you get it? So, and it's an act of service. Do you see it? So, I will always be relevant to. I don't need to be the pastor here. That's why I can confidently and comfortably move. I've gone to Massgrave. I'm pastoring a small church. When you come, my office is outside in the sun. Yeah, Andy, so you should come and see me there today in the sun. Open air office. Whether it's raining, it's shining, we are sitting there. It rains, it beats us, the sun shines, it shines on us. That's why I have my private meetings, prayer, laying hands, everything in the open. But I don't, I don't lose anything because the honor that you give me is not because I'm the pastor per se. It's because of my service to you. Service to you. So let's all become like Jesus where we serve others. And you can only serve others when you place others first. When you think about others first. When you put others first. You bring yourself low. You lift others. Then you will serve them. But if you are the only character, you are waiting for you to, somebody to come and do something for you. Yeah. Number five. I've already closed. Number five. Jesus lived for others. He lived for others. Are you ready to live for somebody else? Are you ready to live for somebody else? Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 15, says, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge. That if one man, he says, because we thus judge means that because of this, this is how we understand it, or I'm explaining it. So it's not judge as in judgment. This he says, because with that, because this is how we judge that if one man died for, then all were dead. If man had to die so that everybody will live, then it means that we were all destined to die. Then one man died for us. That's it. Verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live. That we who are now alive, if he has died so that we can live, then we that live should henceforth not live unto ourselves, but live unto him who died for us and rose again. Live for somebody else. Are you ready to live for Jesus? Are you ready to live for Jesus? Are you ready to live for... Christianity is about living for Jesus. If you don't live for Jesus, you are dead. You are dead already. Like the life is a wasted life. And Jesus told us, he that will keep his life, he will lose it. Who say you are keeping your life to use for yourself, you will lose it at the end. 
But he that will lose his life for my sake, which is the one who will spend his life living for me, he will find it. He will find his life and also find eternal life. May you find life at the end of the day. Let's live for Jesus. Since I finished university, I've been living for the Lord. Like, this is my life. Use it for what you want to do. That's it. That even we have not reached eternal life. Already, we have not reached the end of life. I already can feel that I'm finding my life. My life has meaning. 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 How much more will step in heaven? I said, how much more when we step in heaven where there is glory? We'll see that our lives, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. Maybe here we will not have a Lamborghini to drive. Do you get it? And even me, the way I drive very fast, a Lamborghini will not be good for me. So God is even saving me by not giving me a Lamborghini. Yeah. By the, just the way I drive alone. <laughs> Lamborghini is for Mr. Spa. Yeah. He's a careful, cool driver. Huh? Pastor Lungani and myself. I've not seen Pastor Speedway drive over a long period of time. Proper driver, eh? You know he used to, he rides motorbikes. Do you know that? Yeah, he rides motorbikes. Zoom, zoom, zoom. He's a biker. Yeah. So, people like us, Lamborghini. Because sometimes it's not the driver, it's the car. No, no, no. You know, one day, I think when I was a pastor in Rambeg, I left something at home. And I needed to rush home and pick it and come quickly. And where I was parked, I'd been packed in, so I couldn't move my car. So I just saw somebody's car, which was by the entrance, and I took his key. And he was driving a BMW. So I sparked a zoom, and I got onto the road to just go and bring that thing. I was in my house. I took that thing, I was back in church. When I go to church, I say, wow, I made it in record time. But when I thought about it, I said, this car is not good for me. It's not good. <laughs> because I'm not planning to speed up. The car is already going fast. So if I don't speed up, the car will leave me behind. <laughs> so I have to catch up with the car. So maybe I won't have a Lamborghini here. But when we step in glory, hey! Live your life for Jesus. It may cost you some things on this earth, but I promise you, when we step in glory, when we step on the streets of gold, when we step in the kingdom of God, oh, you will see your reward. You will see your reward. God will glorify us. From today, change your life from living for yourself. And begin to live for others. Pastors, how do I live? Pastor, how do I live for Jesus? What is Jesus about? Winning so he dies so that people will be saved. Use your life today to help people to be saved. Help people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Help to establish people in Christ and the kingdom of God. You will be living for Jesus. If you say you are living, let's say if I'm traveling and I leave you in my house. So you are, living, you are living in my house for me. 
What will you be doing in my house? Doing the things that I would have done if I was in the house. If I would clean the house, you will clean the house. One day, I traveled with my wife. And I left one of my daughters. I mean, one of my favorite daughters of all time with my children. Hey, pastor, what's the difference? You will get it. <laughs> so, time went by and I came back. When I arrived, when I got to my house, you know, I, it was a long trip. Yeah, I, I think I was on a, a, an 11-hour flight or something. Then when I got to Jobek, my flight was delayed also in Jobek. So, I spent a long time, unnecessarily long time in Jobek. So by the time I got home, I'd been traveling for maybe 16, 18 hours. When I entered my house, my house was like there had been a tsunami in my house. Like somebody had thrown, like the Russians had thrown a grenade into my house. This is not done. The house is dirty. Even food to eat, no food. Nothing. When I entered the house, I said, ha. Ah. No, it didn't come by surprise. Everybody knew I was coming. When I got to my house, I said, what is this? I regretted leaving my house for that person. Yeah, I regretted it. Is God regretting? Is Jesus regretting laying down his life so that you can live? It's a question you must ask yourself. If Jesus was here, what will he be doing? What will he be doing? Will he not be winning souls? Will he not be establishing people in the kingdom of God? Will he not be expressing the love of God to people? As you are here in Jesus' stead. That's what the word instead means. You are there in the person's stead. Since you are here in Jesus' stead, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you showing the love of God to somebody? Are you expressing the, the, the gospel to somebody else? Is somebody's life being established in Christ and in God by your life? It's a good question to ask you this early Sunday morning. Number six. Or oh, this is number six. Number, number six, Jesus helped others. Number six, Jesus helped others. Jesus helped others. Acts 10, the Bible says that. Say to sit down, sit down. Jesus has not come yet, sit down. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Can you see it? How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. So it means God had given Jesus something. Amen. God had given Jesus something, and that something was the Holy Ghost and power. What did he use it for? And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The opportunity God has given us, are others benefiting from it? The word that you have been hearing, is somebody else benefiting from it? The good life that God has given to you, is somebody benefiting from it? Or is just you?
Jesus could have stayed with the Holy Ghost and the power that God has anointed him with because God had already anointed him. And said, oh, this anointing is powerful. I'm going to keep it. But because of what God had given to him, he went around helping other people. He says, and healing all. He went, number one, doing good. Doing good. He went doing good to everybody around. And healing everyone was harassed by the devil. So many people are harassed by the devil. So many people. Look, when there's anything that is not working in your life, it's a demonic attack. The root is a demonic attack. I say it again. Anything. One of my favorite prayers is to bind the devil. It's to restrict the devil. To prevent him from acting. Because as for the devil, he's just the Bible tells us, John 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. The devil is always stealing, killing and destroying. So your happy life is trying to, your nice relationship is trying to destroy. Your nice marriage is trying to spoil. Your beautiful children is trying to destroy. Anything that you have is, the church is trying to destroy. Anything that is nice in your life, the devil is trying to destroy it. So when you see something is not working, your school is not working, the devil, it has something to do with the devil. It's always the devil in you. Oh, pastor, uh, what if I'm not studying? It's the devil that's making you not study. Because if in your right state of mind you are in school, you're supposed to be studying. If I were to throw you into a swimming pool, your right state of mind will be to swim. So if you are in the pool and you are not swimming, but you know how to swim. The devil is trying to kill you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the devil is trying to kill you. Kill you by drowning. And you will not be the first. He tried to drown Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was on a boat. He brought a storm so that it will break. Jesus will go into the water. And perhaps he will not be able to swim to kill him. Yeah, so Jesus showed him that. It's not swimming alone. Even water, I can walk on it. You are talking about swimming. I walk on top of the water. I can walk on the water. So I bind the devil all the time. Bind the devil against my children. I bind the devil's activity in my wife's life. I bind the devil's activity in my life. I bind the devil's activity in the church. Any time. Look, you think about it. The devil is always at work. The devil doesn't take a leave day. You are in a hurry to close work. The devil doesn't close work. Works 20. Bible says he goes before our God, accusing us day and night. So he'll go for day shift. When he's supposed to be off in night, he said, No, I'll do overtime. Then he come night shift. The next day he said, I will do day shift again. Just to accuse us. Yeah, just to go and accuse us. So the devil is always involved. You meet a group of girls gossiping. Always, it started by the short one. Anyway, <laughs> number seven. I close on this one. <laughs> no, always. You, if you like, if you like, check. If you like, investigate. You will see that it's always started by the short one. <laughs> number seven, Jesus died for others. Jesus died for others. Jesus died for others. 
Matthew 26, 20, the Bible says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus died for others. It was not enough for Jesus to help others. It was not enough for Jesus to live for others. It was not enough for Jesus to serve others. He even gave his life for others. He died. It cost him his life so that others will also be saved. Others like you and myself will also be saved. Yeah. Number one, I said, well, Jesus taught about others. Number two, he did what? He came for others. Number three, he loved others. Number four, he served others. Number five, he lived for others. Number six, he helped others. And number seven, he gave his life or he died for others. He died for others. Are you ready to die for somebody? I like your response. We are not ready to die for anybody, are you? So why is it that if Jesus has died for all, and you don't have to die for anybody. We read from the scripture that one died for all. Jesus has already died for all of us. Our job is to take that Jesus dying for all of us and present it to everybody. 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 Do you know Jesus died for you? Do you know Jesus died for you? Do you know Jesus has died for you? Do you know Jesus has died for you? Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. That's our job. That's our responsibility as Christians. To go around letting everybody know that there's a provision for you. Jesus has already died for you. You don't need to die and go to hell. You don't have to die and go to hell. This is it. It's already died for That's what we have to do. That's it. So today I came to call on you, our church. The month of March is our month of evangelism. Our church. Month of March is our month of evangelism. What are we doing? Going around to tell everybody how that God died. God loved us so much. He sent his son Jesus to die for us. So that if we believe, we didn't perish to perish means to die. You didn't die again and go to hell. That's what we are doing in the month of May. Month of March. That's what we are doing. That's, what, that's my simple message I came to share with you today. That's the simple truth I came to tell. It's our job. You can't die. I mean, look at you. How can you die? Even you, when you die, it won't save anybody. But thank God that the son of God, the one without sin, the one without blame, the lamb of God that takes away the sins. He has already died for us. Now we have to go to somebody and make them aware. Everybody is to know this truth. We need to go out and make them aware of it. Sometimes you have some provisions, but you don't know about it. Somebody has to come and say, brother, you are struggling for nothing. This thing is free. I tell you this story and I close. One day a guy went on a ship. And when he went on the ship, he had paid for a whole cruise. He paid for the package. But when he got onto the ship, he saw people partying, people eating, people having nice time, everything. He, he wondered to himself, I don't have enough money to pay for 
all these things they are eating. So he had this small biscuit we call cabin biscuit, which he had packed, and he was always in his room every day chewing it. It was a seven-day cruise, always eating his biscuit and drinking his bottle of water, which he took with him. So on the last day, the captain of the ship noticed him and came and said, Brother, I see that you don't come on the deck, you don't come for dinner, you don't come for breakfast, you don't come for any of the parties that is going on. What's happening? Is there a problem? Don't you like the food? Don't you like the music? Don't you like what's going on? Then he said to the captain, I don't have any money to afford this. Then the captain said to him, everything on this ship is already paid for. It's part of your package. It's part of your package. It's on your ticket. It's on, it's on the house. It's on the ticket. All you needed to do was to buy a ticket and you have bought it already. You get to enjoy everything. The guy said, wow, I've really wasted my time. I'm going to go out there and eat everything. As soon as he made that decision, they go to the shore and they had to get off the boat. They had to get off the ship. His chance was gone. There are so many people carrying burdens, carrying broken hearts, carrying pain, which Jesus has already paid the price for. They are just waiting for you. They are just waiting for you. They are waiting for me. They are waiting for us to come out there and tell them that Jesus has already paid the price for you. Will we go or will we stay? Will today's church rise up and go out and minister to somebody the love of God or we will stay here and keep it to ourselves let this mind be in you as was in Christ Jesus Jesus' mind was on other people may your mind also be on other people stand to your feet let's bring the service to a close lift your hands wherever you are and, 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 and ask God first let's ask God for mercy because we have been sitting on this good news for a long time. Let's ask him for mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. As a church, as a people, you shed your precious blood for us. We are sitting on it. Have mercy on us. Somebody else has got to know about this news. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Hey, pastor, I don't know much. The little that you know, God is expecting you to share with somebody. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Forgive me, Lord, for not witnessing unto others. Forgive me, Lord, for sitting on this good news. Have mercy on us. I want you to pray that, Lord, in this month of March, as we step into a new month, thank you for giving me this opportunity to be part of this month. I pray, help me. I give myself to be a soul winner for you. That people will come to your saving knowledge in this month through me. I will live my life for you. Lift your voice. Just pray. Say, Lord, I will be a soul winner for you in this month. I will share your love, this good news, to somebody in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name. Father, thank you for this month. Thank you. For a new month. The month of evangelism. The month of evangelism. As we go into the month, Lord, I give myself to be used. To be used. That every Sunday, there'll be somebody in church because I reach out to the person. There'll be somebody in church because I extended my hand to that person to show your love to that person. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands wherever you are, Father. Thank you for every hand that is lifted up. We say, Lord, use us. Use us in this vision in the month of March. We pray and we pledge that every single Sunday there will be somebody in church specially and specifically brought by us to hear the gospel of Jesus or somebody we have shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with that will bring into your presence. We give you praise. We give you glory. Give Help us Holy Spirit. Give us the grace and the boldness to do this thing in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus mighty name. And everybody said Amen. Were you putting your hands together for yourself? Then now put your hands together for Jesus. Oh. You are here tonight. You are here this afternoon. You want to say, Pastor? I heard you talking about the love of Jesus. I don't know Jesus as my Lord. Can you help me to invite Him? into my heart you are here like that I want you to lift your right hand with me I'll be with you I want Jesus to become the Lord of my life every eye close every head bow pastor I don't want to go to hell when I die help me to invite Jesus into my heart lift up your right hand I'll pray with you lift up your right hand I'll pray if you are lifting lift it high above your head I'll pray with you I'll pray with you high above your head Lifted up your hand, come to me. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. You don't want to go to hell when you die. Father, thank you for these two. Bless them. Wash them with your blood. Use them to your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. You see those two lovely ladies over there? They have something special they'll give to you and then you come back to your seat. Alright? Please go with them. Put your hands together for them. And you may be seated in the presence of God. Wow. Will we become like Jesus? Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.